On this episode of OK Goodbye, we discuss this week's crazy news about President-elect Donald Trump. Like, it's really crazy, right? Then we delve into the conclusion of Obama's presidency. We actually don't cry too much. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. hello hello welcome to 2017 oh yeah it is 2017 yeah i keep forgetting thank god right thank god but also like definitely just one of those like the number of the year is still shocking to me when i'm just like what the hell it's already 2017 like I don't know. I know, right? Like, I noticed it today when um, I was typing on my keyboard. Um, if you think about, you know, the numbers on your keyboard, uh, if you weren't really looking and you're like, two, zero, one, and then I had to go, like, all the way to seven. <laughs> it felt like mm-hmm. a long stretch from the one to the seven. So, um, yeah, it's definitely getting up there. It's crazy, crazy. crazy I know. Crazy. It's weird. So a uh, couple uh, things to note. So um, we've got some awesome stuff to talk about on this episode. We're going to talk about the crazy craziness that is Trump lately. Uh, later, we're going to talk about the sadness, the ultimate sadness that is Obama leaving um, and some good stuff in between. Uh, we are doing this in 20 minute chunks because uh, Marissa and I lead uh, stupid lives where we should be better at cleaning our homes, but we're not. And so we have two, both of us have things going on tomorrow. She has our father visiting. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of him. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of you. It's not fair. So anyway, she's got to clean her apartment. I have to clean my uh, house as well. And so we're going to do 20 minutes of talk, 20 minutes of cleaning, and then 20 minutes of talk. Uh, to try to keep those uh, goals sorted. So that's a tip from us to you. If you need to, I don't know, clean your house while making a podcast. Um, yeah. Break it up. Do intervals. Do intervals. I was thinking about it and I'm like, I actually feel like it's kind of a bad tip for getting the <laughs> cleaning done. And here, and here's why. Not to just shit all over our plan for today. <laughs> But there's so many times when Johnny and I are like, okay, we're going to clean or I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to clean like during the commercials or something like that. Like I'll just do, you know, or I'm going to clean for like 30 minutes and then we'll watch an episode of a show and then I'll go back to cleaning for 30 minutes. Another episode. Nope. Like 12 hours later have watched TV the whole series with no cleaning. See, I love to do this thing where I tell Mike, I'm like, (laughs) I tell him, I'm like, time me for 10 minutes. And he's like, okay. And so I see what I can get done in 10 minutes. And then it's nice because then you get a break. And then I sit there for a little while. I'm like, all right, pause everything. Time me for 10 minutes. So I don't know. 
good life advice. Yeah, I guess so. It does help because you actually end up getting more done than you think you do. You always think it takes like a really long time, like to unload the dishwasher or something. And it only takes Mm -hmm. like 10 minutes at most, right? So yeah, anyway. Okay, so um, besides the general housekeeping of our lives, uh, the housekeeping of our country. It's that uh, time Ugh. of year where we go out with the old and in with the new. How Ugh. terrible. Yep. Pretty bad. Yeah. So Pretty bad. This week's been interesting. It's been crazy. What was the day? I think it was on Tuesday. For some reason, I didn't have a lot to do at work that day. Um, so I was just like, sitting at work. So I had a lot of time to read the news, probably something I shouldn't be sharing on the podcast. Um, as a, as a civil servant who's at, uh, who's at Trump's, uh, pleasure, even though I shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, so I like, I was following the news all day that day. And that day was the craziest day ever because you had Jeff Sessions, um, confirmation, you had, um, I think there was another confirmation going on for someone else, but I can't remember. It wasn't Rex Tillerson yet. Um, and then you had everything with fresh breaking, uh, which yeah. was, and it just getting crazier and crazier throughout the day. Yeah, I think I texted you in the afternoon at some point, and I was just like, dude, the news. <laughs> yeah, like it was it was literally nonstop. It was, uh, and let's just say we're not the only ones wet in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I can't even like it's unverified. I'll be responsible. Like everybody else is. It's not verified. We don't know. It's true. We don't know. But I completely hate that, like, we had to toss around golden showers, like, for an evening throughout the news, throughout Mm -hmm. Twitter, throughout everything. I was watching The Daily Show yesterday with Erica, my 13-year-old. She was very confused. And I was like, I can't. I can't explain it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's like this is our politics this is our country this is insane this is insanity so um yeah well i think it's like it's not really i don't know i've seen i'm on twitter too much so seen a lot of people being like we shouldn't be mad it's not the golden showers and it's like well yeah no one cares i mean whatever don't shame the king i don't yeah i'm not here to shame the king and, like, let's be real. Are we really that surprised about Donald? I think that, I mean, so obviously the, like, which everyone would agree, like, the way more yes. horrible part is the, like, Manchurian candidate aspect. And that, yeah, foreign, foreign adversary has blackmail. And I would actually be surprised if that was the worst thing. That's kind of why I don't even, that's why I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Cause it's like, that's not really that bad of a thing. I mean, I guess it could humiliate Trump, which is nice in a way, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I sure would they bet there's all a lot kinds more of bad stuff. stuff. All kinds of stuff, if this is true. Um, when I, my initial reaction when I read that news was immediate sort of validation. <laughs> I thought, this is crazy, but completely obvious. Like, this has been so obvious, like, since last summer that, you know, they they have a hold of him somehow. That they're mm-hmm. in cahoots with him, or he's in cahoots with Russia. And so, for me, it was like some, like, immediate validation of, like, my, you know, gut feeling I've had for months and months and months. And, um, and I am by far, like I said, I actually don't even care. I don't even care what they have on him. It's not like I think he's an outstanding human, human being, you know, it's not like I think he has completely ethical business situations and like squeaky clean finances, you know, none of that has I, have I ever like he, you cannot tell me, you know, anything that would make me be like, wow, he's. He's morally unfit. I already think he's morally unfit. Um, so, like, <laughs> uh, so I very much actually just really care about, like, the fact that, you know, most likely, according to these reports, they, you know, uh, have something on him where that they can uh, control him to a certain extent, or at least that they were working together. And it was pretty much obvious when... Uh, that fella, that InfoWars guy, what's his name? Alex Jones. Yeah, that guy. It's like he knew stuff that was happening with WikiLeaks, like, before it would even come out, like, uh, you know, and so on. And that other fella, I can't remember all of their, you know, basic, like, crazy old white dude names. Um, but <laughs> that are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that are working with him. But anyway, it's just, it's madness. And so uh, the news has been fascinating and terrifying. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's like, it's not really that shocking. I think that's the whole thing. It's like, it shocks no one. Like, no one's like, no, that can't be true that they have something on Trump. If anything, the idea of them having something on Trump to like kind of force him into his positions on stuff, it actually would make Trump a little bit less culpable um so i'm just like either way it's really bad like if if they're blackmailing trump that's bad if they're not and he's just like totally in bed with putin and um you know then that's not great either so um and yeah it's been pretty clear that they've been working together this whole time like the the whole all throughout the summer the only thing that trump added Trump's campaign added to the GOP, um, what's it called? The agenda for the uh, convention is um, something about Russia. Sorry, I'm really tired. I'm saying it really inarticulately. Like something dealing with like Russia and Crimea and kind of backing Russia's stance on it, um, which is pretty shocking. I mean, even from that, that that was the only policy point that they wanted to add or detract from the GOP agenda in itself kind of shows it. So yeah. they've kind of been hiding, 
hiding in plain sight. I mean, his campaign manager, Paul Manafort, had to step down because of ties with Russia. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely definitely entering a scary time. Um, and I think that one of the most annoying things about it, I would say, is we're just seeing a very odd alliance of fringe right and fringe left on this, of, like, support it, like, refusing to believe that Russia would do anything, I don't know, would do anything bad, like, standing standing with WikiLeaks, like, watching WikiLeaks defend Trump and consistently defend Russia, seeing people like Glenn Greenwald, the journalist, um, you know, who used to kind of be seen as this progressive person now really like standing for Julian Assange, which I guess he kind of always did. Um, it, it's just shocking. I think, um, I think we, I think liberalism as a whole really stands to lose from a more powerful Putin. I totally My agree. Rant. So one thing well. for me is that, um, you know, the timing, of course, is frustrating, uh, but I suppose it's okay. Uh, you know, if it couldn't be before the election, I'm really happy that it's happening like right away that, you know, they're starting to look in and dig into all of this stuff. So um, that's a good thing, I guess. Uh, so what did you think about Trump's press conference? Oh, my God. I got to be honest, I actually didn't really watch the press conference, um, so, so, but I followed it, and I saw clips of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was terrifying, like, it was totally terrifying, him calling out a reporter like that, calling CNN fake news, um, definitely yeah. getting into authoritarian territory immediately before even becoming president. So um, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I work from home on Wednesdays. And so I actually watched the whole thing uh, live as it was happening. And it was amazing. I, I just think, you know, there were the scary bits, the, and also, you know, the headlines from it, but overall it was a joke. They just, I, they don't know what they're doing. And that scares me more than anything. Like, they're just not <laughs> presidential. None of that was presidential yesterday. None of it. And I read somewhere somebody saying that uh, Donald Trump is not going to bend t to the presidency. He's going to bend the presidency to himself. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was so abundantly clear. I mean, it was hilarious and horrifying uh, at like all of the, the props, the props of all the documents that like clearly weren't really documents. Um, yeah, but... I saw that, that it was just like, there was like a close up of it and it's like clearly just reams of paper, Absolutely. like printer paper in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if you're going to bring that all downstairs, like then you would want to show it, <laughs> Like, you would think you would share that with the press. You would be transparent. There's actually just, like, such a little transparency. The ethics aspect of it, the conflict of interest uh, presentation by his lawyer uh, was fascinating and ridiculous. Uh, his ability to answer any question, it just, like, I had these moments where I'm angry as a citizen. 
I'm horrified as a human being on planet Earth. And then I'm also cringing at how bad he's doing, almost feeling sorry for him. Almost, right? Where it's just like, shut Mm -hmm. up. Shut up. Why are you talking about how you, like, were offered a $2 billion deal? And you could tell. You could (laughs) see, like, the wheels in his mind just, like, working. Like, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to tell them this. Like, clearly that's not part of the plan. That's nobody's plan to talk about it. And he's, like, talking about it. And the way he behaves and the way he answers things. And it was just like, this is not going to work. It's just not going to work. And so. Yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, the only thing, I watched a lot of the uh, confirmation hearings, too. And the only thing that, like, made me feel at all well about these terrible human beings uh, was that at least they all knew how to answer questions properly. (laughs) Yeah. They were very careful and measured. And, like, you know, they knew what they were doing and seemingly kind of what they, they sort of knew what they were talking about. Like, I watched a lot of Tillerson. Um and I was like, I hate him. But in terms of style, I guess I was impressed with his ability to know the right way to answer things. So it's, anyway. it's true. <laughs> that's that's how low it's my true. bar is right now. It's so low. I know. So. It's like, oh, you could like string together a sentence that isn't crazy. <laughs> yeah. oh, I saw that there's this really good tweet where it was like Trump is either one of two things all the time. He's either like a person, a customer who wants to talk to the manager or a student doing a book report who has like no idea what he's <laughs> talking about. And that's exactly how he seems like he reminds so much just like when you're in school and someone goes up and you know that they didn't prepare at all, like, and they're just winging it and you're, and the professor asks them questions and you're just like, Oh shit. Like that's how he seems all the time. All the time. All the time. Like, Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Kudos to whoever said that because that is perfect. So, and I guess it's kind of better him just like, not knowing things, I feel like that might actually be the preferable situation. I don't know. I have no idea. I think, honestly, this, I know a lot of people say this, but they've just got to take his Twitter away from him because I feel like he could get us in like tons of trouble because of it and limit his ability to talk to anybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> like even today, the the thing he like tweeted about LL Bean like, he was, like, basically saying, go shop at L.L. Bean. You cannot do that as the president. Yeah, I like, know. They gave him, like, some lady, <laughs> some L.L. Bean lady, gave him $60,000. And then he was like, yeah, go shop at L.L. Bean. Like, you actually cannot do that. Like, what are you talking about? So, um, it's nutty. It's nutty. Yeah, I- yeah, even, like, his things that kind of seem normal are still horrible. Yeah, like, he just so doesn't get it. He's, He's just no so clue. dumb. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't know. So, that's, uh, yeah, so all of that is, um, yeah, It's and it's bad because I have to admit, like, I'm terrified. But still, there's the aspect of it that's funny, but it's not really funny. And I know it's not. Like, I know it's not funny, but it's like, 
you hear him being so stupid and it's like, I don't know. It's shocking. It's like, I can't believe that this person ever succeeded this far in their life. I can't either. That's what it's, it's amazing. Like, honestly, I've thought about it. Like, how did he even run a business? <laughs> like, how did he like exist? Like, how did he have a board meeting ever? If he even did outside of the apprentice, like I can't imagine him being a serious person. Yeah. That's the Trump that ever. we see. <laughs> is the Trump that he is all the time. Like, I don't think he's changing anything at any point. I mean, I guess that's not true because he had locker room talk on the Access Hollywood bus. So at least he's not being completely graphic and horrible to us. So thank you. maybe having that. We don't know. Well, yeah, I'm sure that, I mean, that's what the public isn't seeing. I was trying to say that, like, what the public sees is how he is, like, probably all the time. But I forgot that, like, he does behind closed doors talk about sexually assaulting women. So, you know, at least he keeps that from us when he does press conferences. That's true. I even hated how he began the press conference. Like, well, first he started with Sean Spicer, who was, like, a crazy man, like, yelling at everybody. And then... And then he, uh, and then Mike Pence came out and he, you know, did whatever he did to also defend everything. And then Donald Trump comes out and he, the first thing he talks about, like, is, you know, n- nothing presidential, of course. And then not even defending himself quite yet on the big topics. What is he defending himself on? He's lying and he's like, I, uh, you know, this is, a, uh, I'm happy to have this press conference with you. I had press conferences almost every day. I have press conferences all the time because there's this whole thing about how we haven't had a press conference in like six months and, uh, or however long it's been. And so like, that's the point he was picking with people and then like blatantly lying about it too. And it's like, what are you talking about? So he's a buffoon, just a scary, horrible buffoon. A pathological liar all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Literally just nonstop, like, pathologically lying constantly. But yeah, you're probably right that, like, the Trump attitude we see all the time is his real self. Like, Sarah and I were having a funny conversation last night because I was like, um, we were talking, oh, because we were talking about the Obama speech, which I know we'll get to later, but, um, and how it was, like, very sweet when Obama cried, and I was like, I, and I, we were saying like, we, I can't even imagine Trump ever crying <laughs> or yeah. ever having any type of like tender moment. Like I can't like disgustingly, I could imagine him having sex, which is gross. I don't want to, but I could like imagine him like being on women, like in a gross way, you know, but like, I can't imagine him like ever being romantic, which is a good thing. I can't imagine him even being like, ever like loving to his kids honestly like I can't imagine him ever just not being a blustering kind of angry guy like I'm like I bet really cruelly I'm like I bet even when his parents died I can't imagine him crying like I can't imagine it like I just I can't because he just doesn't seem like a human yeah. at all. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then Sarah was like, could you imagine him, like, holding his baby for the first time? <laughs> and I was like, no. 
<laughs> but then I was like, I don't know. Now I'm worried. What if he's a little maloppy and would just be like, oh, hey, kid. Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there is something where, and going back to uh, how President, or President, oh, my God. That is so sad what I almost said. Uh, how uh, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> I almost said President Clinton, in my dreams, um, how she, you know, praised him at the end of that one debate when they had to say something nice to each other. Um, and she says something about his children. I mean, he really does love his kids, I think. Like, and maybe it's um, very narcissistic. Like, you know, as you and I uh, have read about that, like, uh, you take basically with your children, you want them to be the image of yourself. So it's almost like also <laughs> another form of like self love and, and, uh, all that. And so maybe that's why he loves them so much, but he does seem to really, really like his kids and only want to be around them. Maybe because they're forced to like, that's him. true. But that that is true. I think he loves his kids. I, well, I think he loves Ivanka. I don't know how much he loves the other kids, to be honest with you. I know he loves Ivanka, yeah. but I can't. And I'm just like, imagine if he was your dad. Like, <laughs> it'd be weird. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> it would suck. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, we're going to take our 20-minute break. We'll be back shortly. And, uh, Marissa, good luck. I'm going to time you. You're going to clean for 20 minutes. What should I do? I have so much different stuff. Okay. Well, tell me what do you have and, and I'll help you select. Well, I got dishes. I got bleach in the bathroom. I got sweeping. I got mopping. You name it. Cat I, box. I would do the dishes because that will make you feel better about everything. Always start okay. with the dishes. All right. Okay, I will see you back here um, in 20 minutes. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. And we're back. Hi. Hello. How Hi. How you doing? How was your cleaning? Um, it was pretty good. Uh, not, I didn't accomplish much, but I did wash eight cups. So there you go. Making progress. Eight cups down. Like a whole tons of other to dishes. <laughs> yeah. The good thing is I have Johnny, so he's uh he's doing his thing and I, cleaning the room. I can where vouch father for, will stay. Yes, I can vouch for Johnny. Johnny is an excellent human being, so uh I'm sure you're very lucky to have him. Yeah, I am. So I was like, I have to podcast. Will you clean? And he was like, yes. That's nice. Will you clean for my father to come visit? Yeah. Well, as he as he kicks he, you out as well of, like, our bedroom. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Okay. So um, it's also been a really sad week, right? I don't know about you, but we've been – I know about you, actually, because we talk to each other all the time. There's been a lot of crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not been good. No. The winding down um, of the Obama presidency uh, has been just as heartbreaking, if not more, than I thought it would be. 
Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I feel like it's well, like I knew it was going to be really bad. I've been dreading it for like a year. I feel like, <laughs> like you have. It's, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, the Trump added act aspect makes it so much worse of but I mean I also feel like there's genuine sadness that would be there regardless of just like I'm gonna miss Obama absolutely like I have dreaded this day as well and uh the Trump thing I think magnifies it um because the yeah since there's juxtaposition is so drastic yeah seriously it's like one extreme to the other of like very polite, articulate, wonderful human being versus Trump. <laughs> Trump. Need I say more? No, you do not have to at all. Um, I wonder if uh, Clinton would have won, how it would have been. I think it would still be very sad, but I think I would fool myself into believing that like, well, Obama's going to be living in Washington, D.C. He'll probably be palling around with her all the time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he won't really be gone. And I still actually sort of feel that way. I feel like he won't really be gone. Um, but, I mean, I thought he might be a little bit more in the White House than, or, you know, in touch with the president than I feel like he will be now. Um, I do think, and I wonder if maybe he's even more motivated uh to go out and do great things as a citizen, just like he said in his farewell speech. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that is one thing. I feel like maybe with Trump, you know, in this position now, it kind of makes it so uh, Obama kind of has to stay in the spotlight. Um, And I think, and be our messenger because really he still is the leader of the democratic party at this point, like that there really hasn't been anyone to fill that role. Um, so maybe because of Trump, we'll get to see more of Obama than we would have. I don't know. I also feel like obviously, yeah, for a million reasons, it would be less sad if it were Hillary, like just generally like his legacy would at least be intact under Hillary, but I also could probably, I don't know, but there still would still be, you know, some sadness about like Biden and Obama and their bromance ending. Yeah. Let's talk about that in a minute. One thing I do want to note about the farewell address was like, I don't know about you, but even just the second it began with city of blinding lights, which if you recall from like podcast two, I think it was <laughs> episode two, uh, we did campaign songs and like city of blinding lights, like it just is absolutely the top of my list. And, uh, and to hear that, ah, uh, it was like gut wrenching, like it's the final time. And then I thought I to myself, at the end, I was like, he won't play sign seal delivered because there's nothing left to sign seal or deliver. <laughs> And oh no! <laughs> and he didn't. No, and he I didn't. wondered why. I was like, "Why isn't he playing Sign Seal Delivered?" Yeah, that's super sad. God, I didn't know. Oh, that makes me really sad. Yeah, the moment it began, like my stomach dropped, kind of like, and 
it was, I was in a unique position because like the one thing that really sucks about living uh, on the West coast is like everything here happens so early that it's hard to be home in time. Yeah. I was worried about you getting home for it. I wasn't, I had to listen to it on NPR, like the beginning of, of it. I had to listen on NPR. So I just heard a city of blinding lights and I was like, Oh no. And then I listened, um, while I was driving, while I was driving home. And then I like ran in, um, which is what I had to do sometimes during like the presidential debates and obviously not as important, but I've also had to do that. Like with like Broncos games and stuff, whenever it's on a Thursday night, like it's really hard to get home in time for it. So, um, never any West coast love from it's like starting at six is early. But, and it doesn't help that I have like a ridiculously long commute and that night it was really bad because it's been raining here. And so it was like everything uh, in one. So, but I did get to listen and I got to see like the last half. Yeah. Well, that's good. The last half was extra special. So um, I loved the actual speech and, you know, I heard, uh, the, the dudes on, um, the podcast on, uh, Pod Save America, uh, saying that it was like a blueprint, right? And it was, it felt very much like instructions, like (laughs) instructions Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, to carry on. And, um, I thought so many times during it, like, this is the nerd in me, uh, you know, not only just I have a hunger for learning, but I also have a lung- hunger for technology. So uh, I was like, if only like maybe someday in the future, he'll do like a constitutional law MOOC for the world so that everybody can take his class. And uh, and that would be the most amazing thing. Like, I was like, I just want to learn from him. I thought that like a lot. So um, I don't know. He's just he's so fantastic. Yeah, there. that would be awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he would love it. Like, I just, you can tell he's the type, but, uh, he's for sure amazing man and, uh, a great husband and a great father, a great friend, like someone who I think genuinely believes in us. And I've heard a lot of criticism, even from people who, who are on the, you know, far left side of things like who, aren't enchanted by that anymore. And I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I'm enchanted with that for life. So. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, like the part when he called out Michelle was like, that I, I like completely lost it. Like, yes. So I held it together while I was driving other than the very beginning. I like kind of held it together. And then, um, then yeah, the moment I got home and could cry, it was like immediately horrible. And uh, yeah. the Mich- the Michelle part happened soon thereafter. And like I died at that part when he started crying, and Malia crying made it, me cry even harder. Like yeah, the, it was, he was crying, I was just like, yeah. "Go on." It was Malia crying for me. Like, Malia cry, like, it was him crying. We've seen him cry. But Malia crying, like, I lost it. I lost it. And so Marissa and I, we, uh, I was, like, told her, she, like, texted me and said crying or bawling or something like that. 
And so then I started to try to like take a selfie of just what my face looked like. Uh, and it was like too horrendous to even send to my sister who has seen me at my ugliest multiple times in my life. And I was like, I can't even share this with my sister. And then, <laughs> so then I told you that and you just like went ahead and sent me a selfie of you and your crying face. <laughs> like it was so perfect. So then I sent mine and we are both just like, it is, it is not good people. Like, God no, forbid. it was like, I was like loudly sobbing. I had to like go into the bathroom because like Johnny was just sitting and watching. And I like, like after it was over, I was crying so hard, like maybe obscenely hard. <laughs> well, if it makes like, you feel better. Like a hard cry, like a very hard cry. Yeah. It, well, if it makes well, you feel better, like I was definitely crying and I definitely had like an outward sob of like cries. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and I watched it by myself and, uh, like just soon after it ended, um, Mike came home from his, uh, work event he was at and, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I told him on the way home it had ended and he was calling me as he was driving close and I was like, I've been crying. Like I've been sobbing at the address and he's like, okay. And I just thought he thought maybe it was stupid or something, which I should give him much more credit because my husband is an amazing, uh, dude. He is emotional at all the right things in life, like all the time. And so he's kind of an Obama. Um, he's sort of better than an yeah, Obama. I could, in see that his, way. I, I could see his as being emotional. Yes. And so, um, they, uh, uh, he got home. I was like sitting there on the couch, like a husk of a person. And, um, and he goes into the living room to like, you know, set his backpack down and kind of unwind. And like, they're re-airing the parts like right after they were like re-airing the Michelle Obama part and the Joe Biden part. And he's like from the other room, just sort of watching. He has not the context of like the entire address ahead of him. Right. Like sitting through all of that thinking and reflecting and everything. He just sees that and he comes into the family room and he starts crying hard. And he's like, I just hate change like this. And they're just so good. And decency is gone. And like, I mean, crying, crying, crying. So, um, I love him. <laughs> it was so perfect. I felt like <laughs> really so much sweet. better because I was like, okay, I don't feel as stupid now. Um, and then even today, uh, let's talk about the crying with the Biden thing. It's just every day, something else, right? I know. Well, actually, I haven't fully watched the Biden thing oh. other than that. I saw the I saw the clip like of Obama giving it, and then I saw the Titan. <laughs> this is better with Titanic music, and I like I loved that. That it like, was, by the way, uh, better with Titanic music. But yes, and I guess it's just like genuine. Like I love, I just love them so much. Like I, I can't even put it into words. And I'm just like, how much they all genuinely love each other like that Obama and Biden I feel like genuine like it's so clear it's been evident for years but their partnership and that they're true friends but like for Obama to bestow that on him like I really do feel like they're best friends and I got really sad and then I had to remind myself like okay they'll still be able to talk like they'll still be able to be friends like but um yeah imagine was, imagine when Joe Biden dies don't say that. How dare you? <laughs> He'll be so sad. He'll be so sad. 
We don't even ever imagine when the other thing happens. No, the other thing never happens. I die. The other thing literally never happens. I've thought, I'm like, literally, like, it will, I can't even imagine. Well, like, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod. I probably have. I know I've told you, though, Rochelle, like, so I've been emotional about this for like a month and or months, really. But it really started hitting hard after the election. Like, and my um, love of Hamilton grew uh, because I got into that, like, the day before the election. And so, and, um, yeah, and there's a few songs on the Hamilton soundtrack where I don't even think about them in the context of Hamilton. I just imagine Obama singing them, and I cry (laughs) really hard, and I do it, like, once a day on my way to work. And I'm like, well... Um, particularly though I've had the farewell address song. Yeah. Um, I watched that and, this week. Cause you sent it to me, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, Cause I couldn't handle like Obama watching it. Yeah. Himself. Obama watching it. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I do. I don't, that was an odd tangent, but I do get shocked by like their genuine friendship because I just, I don't feel like other politicians are like that like I love Hillary like I think she's she'd be so fun to hang out with like and I know that this is like a really stereotypical thing to say about her and Bill but like like I don't feel like Hillary had that with Tim Kaine like or or that Bill had that with Al Gore you know like I didn't feel I mean I don't know because I wasn't around at the time but really that much but like I just, I feel like their genuine love, like, for each other, Biden and Obama, is, like, has there oh. ever been, like, such a good friendship? I don't know. No, I mean, I was uh, listening to some pundits today on CNN talk about it right after, and they brought up some really great points that, like, I mean, with uh, Clinton and Gore, like, it was really uh, tenuous, or that's not the right word, is it? I don't know. It's late. It's late in Colorado. Um, my vocab isn't great, but it, uh, it wasn't great between them um, at the end because of all the scandals and he wanted to run and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, it was not uh, like two besties with Cheney and Bush. Um, most of the time, vice presidents are all about political convenience and like, you know, not anything more beyond that. And this is unprecedented. So, uh, and so very special and just amazing. Like it just makes all of this so much harder and it makes the presidency so much better and sweeter, uh, to reflect on it. In my opinion, you know, I know that there are things that you could be really critical of and it wasn't perfect all the time. Uh, but in my mind, this, uh, last eight years, in terms of how we were governed by the executive branch was pretty darn perfect. And it's an absolute shame that it's coming to an end, but that's democracy. And that's what also makes him amazing. And I think it makes people like us amazing is because we accept it. (laughs) And, uh, and that we know that that's what's, you know, this country is all about. So that has to to end. And, I keep there's that part of Obama's speech when he like um, uh, when he when he mentioned you know Trump and everyone booed and he's like no no we have to have the like 
like peaceful transition of power. And everyone's like, yeah, and started clapping. Um, (laughs) Because I do think that, you know, we recognize that. And um, I think it's, it's hard immediately to have so many scandals. And I felt that way. This is like Bush administration on steroid with the scandals. But I remember by the end of the Bush administration, it was like every day there was a new scandal. Mm-hmm. And under Obama, there really, like, just hasn't been. Like, there's yeah. been things that, like, you know, the Republicans have harped on, like, Benghazi or, I, I don't know, that thing with, like, the guns in Mexico. I can't even remember. It was, like, something that they really, the fast and the furious, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, weird, like, I don't even remember what the scandal was. Like, weird stuff like that that's, like, kind of... You know, but nothing really that scandalous. Um, Definitely and, not on a personal level. Oh, never, ever on a personal level. And I guess to Bush, George Bush's credit, like, he never had anything on a personal level. It's almost funny for me to imagine him having <laughs> something like that. Um, and, yeah, and then we start into Trump, and it's like, immediately... Uh, there are so many scandals. I mean, we all, we've talked about this, like a lot of us on the left of how to approach it. There's just so many that we can't even focus on, on what to be harping on. It's insane. So yeah, go from one to the other um, is very, very stark. And I think that my hope is that Americans are already seeing it. Like, wow, this, you know, we complained about stuff under Obama, but Jesus Christ, this is so much worse immediately, just as far as like corruption and scandals go, uh, like just on a big level, not even getting into policy. So, um, yeah. and, um, yeah, I don't know. But so it's been a tough week for yeah. us Obama diehards. <laughs> sure has. Okay, so I thought we could end with something special, Marissa. Um, I don't know if you had a chance. I know you've been busy tonight. If you had a chance to read the letter that Barbara and Jenna Bush wrote to Malia and Sasha. Mm, I have not. Well, I saw it, but I didn't read it. I'm going to read it. Excerpts of it. On the pod. Because at the end of the day, we're oh, sisters. No. It... <laughs> they're oh, no. sisters and they're sisters. <laughs> so. Gra- Why gra- are you doing this? <laughs> because I love to make you cry. <laughs> Grab your tissue. Here we go. Is it really sad? It's a little sad. But also hopeful. Okay. Okay. All right. Malia, and so, you know, just to be clear, this is written uh, just today or released today or recently from uh, Barbara and Jenna Bush to Malia and Sasha Obama. Malia and Sasha, eight years ago on a cold November day, we greeted you on the steps of the White House. We saw both the light and weariness in your eyes as you gazed at your new home. We left our jobs in Baltimore and New York early and traveled to Washington to show you around to show you the Lincoln bedroom and the bedrooms that were once ours, to introduce you to all the people, the florists, the groundskeepers, and the butlers who dedicate themselves to making this historic house a home. The four of us wandered the majestic halls of the house you had no choice but to move into, 
when you slid down the banister of the solarium, just as we had done as eight-year-olds and again as 20-year-olds chasing our youth, your joy and laughter were contagious. In eight years, you have done so much, seen so much. You stood at the gates of the Robin Island cell where South Africa's Nelson Mandela was imprisoned for decades, your arms around your father. You traveled to Liberia and Morocco with your mom to talk with girls about the importance of education. Girls who saw themselves in you, saw themselves in your parents, saw who they could become if they continued to study and learn. You attended state dinners, hiked in national parks, met international leaders, and managed to laugh at your dad's jokes during the annual Thanksgiving turkey pardon, all while being kids, attending school, and making friends. We have watched you grow from girls to impressive young women with grace and ease. And through it all, you had each other, just like we did. No, it's going to make me cry all over. It's super sad. <laughs> now you're about to join another rarefied club, one of the former first children, a position you didn't seek and one with no guidelines. But you have so much to look forward to. You'll be writing the story of your lives beyond the shadow of your famous parents, yet you will always carry with you the experiences of the past eight years. Never forget the wonderful people who work at the White House are greater as seven-year-olds at, I'm sorry, excuse me, are greater as seven-year-olds at our grandfather's inauguration was Nancy, the White House florist, who ushered us in from the cold. She helped us make colorful bouquets of winter flowers for our grandparents' bedside. 20 years later, Nancy did the flowers for Jenna's wedding. Cherish your own Nancy. We stay in touch with our secret service. They were part of growing up with us. There, they were there for first dates, first days, and even engagement and a honeymoon. We know it wasn't always easy. The two of you and the two of us were teenagers trailed by men in backpacks, but they put their lives on hold for us. Enjoy college. As most of the world knows, we did. <clears throat> and you won't have the weight of the world on your young shoulders anymore. Explore your passions. Learn who you are. Make mistakes. You are allowed to. Continue to surround yourself with loyal friends who know you, adore you, and will fiercely protect you. Those who judge you don't love you, and their voices should hold, shouldn't hold weight. Rather, it's your own hearts that matter. Take all that you have seen, the people you have met, the lessons you have learned, and let that help guide you in making a positive change. We have no doubt you will. You have lived through the unbelievable pressure of the White House. You have listened to harsh criticism of your parents by people who have never even met them. You stood by as your precious parents were reduced to headlines. Your parents who put you first and who not only showed you, um, but gave you the world. As always, they will be rooting for you as you begin your next chapter. And so will we. The end. Aww. That's very sweet. It is very sweet. The decency of it. The goodness sisters sorry what was that I, i'm sorry i missed what you said oh um oh no i asked you what you said oh i just said the decency of it all and you know how good it is yes that's very very sweet and um yeah go push sisters and Obama sisters. Yeah. Go they're, Baron they're Trump. They're such good girls. <laughs> Baron Trump who won't even live there probably. Yeah, I guess. 
No, he definitely won't. Yeah. Uh, I guess go Ivanka. I don't. I don't know. And his and her, I don't know. I guess I don't hate the kids. So yeah. But anyway, it's just such a. I think uh, endings are really hard, and so. And transitions are tough. And so I feel like we're all living through it kind of the way they are. And it's been so great that they're out there so publicly showing us how it is hard for them, too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, them coming to the end of the era is that they're emotional about it um, makes us all feel like our emotions in it are definitely validated. And eight years is a long time, but it's a short time, too. And it feels like just yesterday um, we were doing this and watching Obama's inauguration. Like, I'll never, obviously, ever forget that day that he was inaugurated. Um, Where I was living, what I was doing, I took the day off of school to watch it. Um, So, I mean, and now here we are eight years later and just so much has been accomplished And I think the one thing that Obama still continues to inspire is that he always made it, he never made it about his accomplishments. He always made it like it was all of our accomplishments together. Um, And I, I think that, that that's been the most inspired, that was the most inspiring thing to me in his speech. And that's the way he always makes it seem, Uh, you know, yes, we can, Yes, we did, all of us together, accomplishing these things. And maybe that's why, too, like, seeing the middle-of-the-night Obamacare repeal, you know, votes immediately stings so hard. Um, But I have faith um, still in Obama's vision for America and that if we all work together, as he says, ordinary people can do extraordinary things um but we just we gotta fight really hard and um maybe coming to the closure of the of his administration can make us fight even hard can make us fight really hard and put the fire in our belly to try to accomplish something at least saving the united states (laughs) well i think that's really well said thank you so I think our um, universal just as good as Obama. Yeah, yes, you are. So uh, final note, I think our universal hard eyes emoji goes to President Obama. Yeah, it does. It has to. It has this to. week. So right. well, it's been great. Thanks for the chat. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the chat. And uh, until All next right. time. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye.